Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Geek Down Podcast, the show where two friends come sit down and discuss nerd stuff. Is that how the intro goes? Not at all, but that'll work. All right. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. My name is Jordan Ferguson. And uh, this is episode 50. Kate. Yeah. Do I love the air horn? You love the air horn. God help you if I ever figure out how to, like, install an actual, like, soundboard <laughs> directly into GarageBand. Um, this is why I'm kind of glad our podcast is slightly lame. Um, and doesn't have... The, janky, the jankiest of setups? <laughs> yeah. Kanye. Kanye? He would not. He would not stand for that. <laughs> he might He might think it's artistic. Kanye. I don't even know why that's on this, <laughs> I don't this app. It's episode 50, y'all. <laughs> Woo! Where are your fireworks now? Um, we are very excited about this episode 50, but... We're not doing anything to really come But we're not. Right. No, we're not. Uh, other other uh, tens that we've reached... Uh, <laughs> multiples of ten? Multiples of ten we've reached. We've done something special, but because we're very close to our... So close, y'all. To our, our full year, our full... Uh, 52 episodes anniversary perhaps yes would be a word for that oh, yeah that's the one that's that's it um that we decided we would we would signal it with air horn and be excited but not actually do anything about it if you want to commemorate this episode though and revisit any of our previous multiples of 10 there are a few ways you can do that that was very well done i, I learned i learned it from you i learned it from you <laughs> I learned it from you you can follow us on SoundCloud.com slash GeekDownPod. Give us a follow on there. You will get a notification every time a new episode goes live as well. iTunes. Click subscribe. Top right corner. Chauncey, your man's out in these streets. Those little buckle shoes and belled hat rides the rainbow of friendship. <laughs> a new episode of GeekDown piping fresh <laughs> under his arm. and just smashes it into your phone yeah. while, you, while you sleep. While you sleep. Or while you're working overnight shifts. And you wake up and you're like, oh, damn, I missed him again. Chauncey is like the Polkaroo of podcasts. No one knows who Polkaroo is anymore, but. I I do. You have like a vague. No, I watch Polkaroo all the time. <laughs> Was he really Polkaroo when, when you were watching it, though? Or Yeah. The weird thing where like no, only the women ever saw him. The men never did. No, it was that, what are you talking about? The gimmick of Polkaroo originally was on from the Polka Dot Door, which was a children's show yes, on TV Ontario. Yes, And the gimmick was he would usually show up at the end. Yeah. Like the, the hosts, usually yes. a guy and a girl, yes. would go outdoors. Mm -hmm. The guy would go somewhere. Yeah. He would do something. And then Polkaroo would show up and like do an activity with the girl. And they would switch, wouldn't they? I don't think so. I, I think am... it was always the girl. No, I am positive they used to switch. And you used to know it was the other person, but not know. I'm positive they switched. There was no like just what maybe you just noticed the women. Wait, are you are you saying that the other performer on Polka Dot Door was not on screen because he was in the polka he was in the Polkaroo suit? Yeah. You are blowing my mind right now. <laughs> Friends, if you have ever heard this, you need to verify or can you confirm or deny this. You need to get at us on our socials at GeekDownPod on Twitter, GeekDownPod at gmail.com, or on our Facebook group. www.facebook.com forward slash GeekDownPod. And, you know, serve up these, these we'll take, Polkaroo TV Ontario rumors. We'll take pictures, just like, you know, like a Sasquatch. We'll take who, we'll take who is Pokeroo, uh, memes. That, that'll be fine as well. 
and also uh, analyses of polka, polka dot door episodes. Also, when they always put all the like animals and dolls in the trunk, and there were four of them. No, there's more than four. Humpty Dumpty, Marigold, and Bear. There were more than that. Wasn't there a little bear as well? I don't know. Anyways, I always because I like the bear's name was Bear. Like, well, they weren't even trying. <laughs> they were, what they up, were. Bear? <laughs> bear. You're a bear. We're gonna call you Bear. <laughs> Maybe it's spelled differently. <laughs> <laughs> That's creepy. Um, one other way to spell it. No, there's also I'm sure other ways you can make up. It's a children's show. <laughs> Anyways, I always felt like they were like putting them in a coffin to die. Like they didn't know. Wow. They were just closing the lid. It was dark in there. <laughs> they didn't like put in a flashlight or blankets or anything. That's what I used to do. They're having a nap. Forever until someone played with them. They didn't know. They were never like, we'll see you in like a couple hours. It was always like, goodbye forever. Woody and Buzz made it work. I'm sure Marigold and Bear. Do they have a thing? (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I'm not going to put Bear on blast like that, but... (laughs) Put Bear's business out in these streets, but how are you, Kate? I'm, I'm good. I'm You're so great. off the rails already. Yeah, I know. We were like, we're going to be like really strict. Super efficient, tighten it up, and now uh, we just spent five minutes talking about Polka Dot Door. So. But you know, that's also why people love us. It really is. Yeah, I am I am doing well. It's been a very busy week at work, but other than that, it's been good. Cool. Cool. How about you? Oh, it's super great that for a guy with uh, crippling social anxiety, I have chosen a you know aspirational slash secondary career that involves talking to strangers. Yeah, that's fun. Well done. Well done. They're choosing. Good, good for me. Yeah. So I have a piece that I'm working on for an outlet. I'll tell you when it publishes. But I had to you know call a stranger in Australia, and as you can imagine, because of the time difference in Australia. Yeah. Like. To make it work, I had to call him at like, it was like 11 a.m. in Australia, but like 8 p.m. here. And I was, you know, my setup is usually like speakerphone. Yeah. Recording into the computer. So it was going to be, you know, not super loud, but loud enough to a point where I didn't want to be like, you know, at 7 a.m. in my apartment having this conversation (laughs) where it was like, you know, the early evening in Australia. So, yeah, I just spent all day stressing about this phone call because that's that's who i am as a person yeah this is why we get along so well just like scripting out everything and it works well to an extent because you know that just means my whole mode is to not talk much right because when you don't talk and you leave silence you get more quotes because people will just talk to fill the silence yes they will to an extent that works but oh lord the stress go me go you for that (laughs) job where i have to talk to people I do love it, though. Please give me more work, editors. And more talking to people. I'll, I'll make it work. I always do. You're actually much better than you think you are. That was basically, like, <laughs> pro tips for living better in 2017. I actually, like, was doing dishes and had to say to myself out loud, like, it always has worked out better than you think it will. Yeah. You have a track record at this point. You have done enough writing. You have done enough interviewing. It always works out better than you think it will. And, you and- are not, like, busting open political scandals you know the russians are not coming for you you know you write about the arts and music like generally you're and you're promoting somebody yeah generally they want to talk to you it is in their interest to talk to you so get over it crazy also i know firsthand because i have transcribed some of those interviews oh man yeah she did (laughs) 
Shouts to Egon. Shouts to me for transcribing. It's like the thing I hate most in the world. <laughs> I said it as a joke because I had no intention of actually making her do it. But the second I was done with that <laughs> with that phone call, I messaged Caitlin and was like, who misses transcribing my interviews? And it was just gifts. Gifts as far as the eye could see. Vomiting and screaming and crying. and Yeah. All the gifts. Though, then I was like... Okay, what do you want me to do? <laughs> I was like, no, no, sweetie, it's fine. You don't, you don't have to. It was, it was a joke. It was only, it was only four to five minutes. I'll, I'll make it work. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that was just that was my week, just working, working and working. I had a three day weekend, but does it really count when you're working and working? When you work on a podcast and then work on something. Although I gotta say though, I mean, friends, New Year, New New You, bleh, live your dreams. Like, there ain't nothing worse than when you have a three day weekend and you spend most of it doing things you want to do i don't mean that in like you know shoveling doritos in your face and like you know watching pornography i mean like you're working on the things that you were probably put on this earth to work on Mm -hmm. and then you're finishing up some stuff and you realize oh man i gotta go to my night job tonight yeah and do that that's less fun than editing this podcast that is that is and friends editing the podcast ain't that fun (laughs) no it's just taking out a lot of ums and Caitlin being ridiculous or forgetting words for things. Forgetting words. I make her sound very good, friends. I'll, but that'll be your bonus for... If we ever do go Patreon, that'll be one of your bonus uh, for paid patrons. That'll be one of the bonus offers. Yeah. Caitlin's raw. Raw, uncut, verbal meanderings. Me going, oh, what's that thing again? What's that thing, thing you, you know... open it before you walk in a room? With, <laughs> uh, door. Yeah. That's the one. Door. Well, we, we, I was about to say, and on to news, but we don't really have any There news. really isn't much. And listen, before we get into news, yeah. let's go into news and this could go into updates. I need to have a shout out before we start. Okay. It will have aired by the time this episode goes live. Mm-hmm. We have not been able to talk about it yet. I was actually going to try to see if the first episode was floating on some of those nefarious sources today, just because I'm so amped to see it. But dropping tomorrow on HBO. Mm-hmm. Kate, are you ready for Young Pope? Uh, I'm not. Young Pope! It's <laughs> my air horn for Young Pope. Young Pope needs an air horn. I'm so excited for Young Pope. What uh, Do you want to explain for the audience? Who doesn't know what Young Pope is yet? Lots of people. So, the Young Pope. Oh, man, I'm so amped. The Young Pope is a... I don't know how many episodes it's going to be, but it's on HBO. It's going to be ten episodes, apparently. Um, I don't know how many seasons they're doing. Given the cast, probably not more than one. Yeah. Uh, this stars, at the top of the bill, Jude Law, Diane Keaton, James Cromwell, and a bunch of Italians. It is written and created and directed by Paolo Sorrentino. Okay. Who is an Italian filmmaker. And it is basically Jude Law plays the young Pope. Jude Law plays Pope Pius, the newly elected Pope and former Archbishop of New York, Diane Keaton, Sister Mary, an American nun, who raised Bilardo, sorry, that's Pope Pius's government name before he was right, the Archbishop he was, originally, he was yeah. Bishop Bilardo. Diane Keaton, his sister Mary, the nun who raised him in an orphanage and has helped him throughout his career, has appointed his personal secretary once he becomes young Pope. You just like saying young Pope, I don't you? saying young Pope. And listen, you knew it was going to be a matter of time, and I swear the creators were already aware of this. Like, that's just begging to get, like, mixtape memes <laughs> made of it. Just take that O out, so it's a Y-U-N-G, Young Pope. Yeah. Like, you knew that was happening immediately, and, you know, the internet did not disappoint. Thank you, Twitter. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so it's just good. Listen, if if you're not up on Young Pope, watch the trailer, the preview. I will. You know what? Radio Magic. Caitlin, you just watched the trailer to the Young Pope. How you feel about that? I'm really scared. Young Pope! It's like a gangster slash uh, psychological thriller. I don't know how I'm feeling. It's... Does it make you feel weird? As a... No, you were never a former Catholic. So... I, I was not. Makes me feel amped as a former Catholic. <laughs> um, yeah, it it seems really intense. It's like House of Cards, but with popes and well, a pope <laughs> and bishops, multiple popes. Yeah. Um, listen, in a in a world with a, in a political climate that is not that far removed from the young pope. Yep. I will take the fiction. Thank you. I will more than happily take that. And apparently, it is like people seem to be missing that it's like supposed to be funny like it's okay to laugh at it like it's supposed to be over the top yeah and when jude law is like smoking in his <laughs> wide-brimmed pope hat like i like the hat it was a very nice look for him that, that fedora on steroids type look he was, yeah. he was rocking yeah it was good so shouts to young pope that's like i don't even have news i don't even bother looking for news i just have like a calendar on my wall that i've been xing out every day till young pope airs i've got some shows that i'm looking forward to what are you looking forward to i'm looking forward to handmaid's tale All right uh i'm looking forward to um hold on i can do this uh not wilderness no um uh jason momoa canada um fur trade frontier got it ding i got it i got it i got it super excited so i'm looking forward to frontier which is coming to netflix i'm looking forward to um x-men uh legion legion i'm looking forward to legion so yeah there's i gotta remember legion is uh there's a couple of things out there yeah Legion is coming. Uh, there's a couple of things out there I'm really, I'm really excited for. Something else that's coming that we finally got a bit of, bit of info on. Uh, gonna be, gonna be loose and free today, friends. Ain't a lot kicking in the world of uh, nerdy entertainment news, or at least nothing that really excited us. Nothing that we cared about. But we did get. There has been some Defenders news mm-hmm. that has uh, leaked out a bit. Entertainment Weekly's cover story next week. It's all about the Defenders. Not that it really told you much. You just got some, you know, photos of the four of them together looking defendery And grim. <laughs> Soup's grim. Uh, some shots of Sigourney Weaver, who they are saying, I think they named her character. It's Alexander or something like that. I don't recall, but they're saying she has no, um, there's no analogous character in the comics. It's an original creation. Eh, who sees? That could just be, you know, working us a bit. Yeah. Um, and... I don't know if it was IO9 or the Mary Sue was commenting on it. They they really hope um, the so uh, to my fear and disappointment, I suspected that the overarching threat in Defenders was going to be ninja related. I like ninjas. And that thread from Daredevil that never really got picked up, which is like, why is the hand digging a giant hole in the middle of? <laughs> Did yeah. you finish Daredevil season two? No. No. No, you didn't. <laughs> I got distracted like, yeah, by Luke Cage. Hole. Sure. No, I got to the hole part. I was hoping that they would tell us about that hole. No, that hole is just still there. Damn it. And the whole black sky, whatever, kid who's a weapon thing that yeah. never really happened with. So it's probably all going to tie into that. Because, I mean, they're... Well, Iron Fist is going to have ninjas too. Yeah, yeah, so... yeah, it is. So maybe it'll be half ninjas and half cool stuff, according to you. See, I like ninjas. 
So and they did they did uh, mention in this Entertainment Weekly piece that apparently you know like the first meeting of all of them you know typical super team up fashion they all end up in the same place. Daredevil is maybe not super happy to see all these people doesn't really know what's going on blah 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 but then surrounded by thugs they have to fight their way out through some corridor so I think they're probably going to take that Daredevil corridor fight motif and trope and really expand it to include four people which that would be. I don't have a problem with it. No, I don't have a problem I'm with, that. with it. I'm pr- actually, you were you were just saying in in superhero fashion, you know, they all meet in one place. That actually is every single D and D campaign. Is it? Yeah, you there. There's always, there are jokes about it. You it's always the, you meet it at a at it's a the foundation of the quest narrative. Everybody yeah, always. Well, like my D and D group right now, uh, we all met in jail. <laughs> uh, I got picked up just because I'm you know a tiefling, which is basically a demon, and. It, Everyone is uh, is prejudiced towards me, and uh, but everyone else got got there for other reasons, and then we had to fight our way out, and now we're a team, a super team. <laughs> so, Excellent. Yeah. Or you meet at a pub and all decide to work on a job together. So that's how it always. There's always some sort of beginning where you all end up in the same place. So that's what's going on with Defenders. I mean, listen, it's a it's a Entertainment Weekly puff piece. You buy the magazine for the pictures and you get a little bit and people talk about their characters and it's like oh i'm super excited about the project and blah blah blah. blah. And, you know, <laughs> it's like it's filled with spoilers or anything but it's nice to know that this thing is happening uh we are still slated for i believe it's a fall 2017 release for they're saying it's this year i don't know when the hell iron fist is in march mm. yeah <laughs> sorry caitlin doesn't care caitlin finished up uh Luke Cage. Luke Cage, and she was like, oh, I'm checked out till he comes back yeah. in Defenders. I, I mean, we might watch it. I might want to finish Daredevil first, but <laughs> there's so many other things. You probably do. Um, yeah, so that was like in a in a week of where nothing was really popping off. That was probably the biggest news. Did you find anything else in your travels? Um, Lucasfilm is not planning to digitally recreate Carrie Fisher. Oh, right. I did see that. Um, I suppose that's a big story for the week. That's basically the headline on the Mary Sue. I didn't change anything. I didn't really (laughs) look at the story. I'm just like, oh, that's good. Um, (laughs) and then, uh, please please don't make a computer generated zombie of her to do. (laughs) We would not like that. Um, and also Lady Liberty is a black woman. That's cool. United States Mint are celebrating their 225th birthday. And they've, yeah, they've designed this coin and it features a Black Lady Liberty, which is kind of super awesome. Um, And then people were racist about it. Uh, Imagine that. Yeah, I know. America. And then, (laughs) well, really anywhere, but specifically America. And the last bit of news is I'm awesome. That's what I wrote down. That's what you wrote down? Yep. I have three points and the third (laughs) one is I'm awesome. You can see it right there. I don't dispute it. I'm just wondering. I was just curious if there was a reason for it. No, I just... You know, life-affirming uh, kind of language. I well, just want to put that out there. One last thing that, I mean, it's 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 probably really, it is something that, Lord knows it's geeky. Lord knows it's something I've geeked down about in the past. Not something I would ever buy now, but I'm very happy it exists. Uh, apparently, Weird Al is getting a super deluxo, like, vinyl box set that comes in, like, a not playable uh, replica accordion. <laughs> Like that each, is amazing. Each fold of the accordion contains, it's like a slipcase for one of his albums type of thing. That is amazing. And they're all getting vinyl repressings. Because um, as a child of the 80s. And, ni- and 90s. Was he, still, was he still popping in the 90s? 90s, he was the most popular. Like, he did. Um, uh, I guess he had his, I guess he hopped on Nirvana and had his resurgence. Well, he had Nirvana and he had um, 
uh, Amish I'll, I'll par- Paradise. Was Paradise, too. yeah. Uh, if there's anybody who listens to the show who doesn't know who Weird Al Yankovic is, he is a basically a song parodist, parodyist. Yeah, before it was big on YouTube, a maker of song parodies. Yeah, before like the Lonely Island and like everybody like made song parodies. Yeah, um, Weird Al was like the only one, and he was a genius because he would capture subtleties of the song. Like he mm-hmm. went in, he like. It wasn't just like the main melody. He got the harmonies. He got every part of the song. Even lyrically, the lyrics he would write matched up perfectly, melodically. Yeah. Like, I think his third resurgence, you know, he he had a few. He was able to like hop on viral video a few times over his career. I think White yeah. and Nerdy was maybe the first one, which was a take on that rap song, Ride and Dirty. Yeah. And like he captured the flows the rap flows of both of these guys while he's talking about like you know segways and pocket protectors and stuff yeah and that's really difficult to do and even in that song there's two rappers who have very different flows and he switched his flow up while he was doing it like weird al is a goddamn genius and i'm sorry al i'm not gonna buy it. i'm not gonna spend 400 dollars on that on that vinyl box set but listen if you if you have money lying around that you don't know what to do with. You can do that, and you can maybe also send us a check. Just putting that out there. Send us a check. Take what's left over. And if you have $1,000 lying around, yeah. take 450 Yeah. Go buy the Weird Al box set. Mm-hmm. Give the remaining $550 to us. Yeah. We'll just put it towards the podcast, so it'll be even better. We Yeah, exactly. We Listen, we will just buy SoundCloud hosting for the next, like, you know, three years. Yeah. And if we're not dead or hate each other by then and we're still here doing this you can rest assured that you will always have a geek down i know that's really the best gift to yourself uh and the one thing about weird al i really want to shout out is people love his song parodies he would also do polka versions of contemporary pop hits it was usually an album track buried yep. somewhere in there <laughs> those you, say, you know, jeff's coming up a lot this week me and jeff well, I mean, when you're friends for somebody for like 35 years you know you share a lot of the same yeah formational things yeah, Jeff and I were all about Weird Al. And go see his movie. Have you seen UHF? No. Oh my God, that is added. You know how you freak out? Yeah. <laughs> so what did you say to me about Guardians? Shut your goddamn face. <laughs> how have you never seen UHF? Well, that's added to the goddamn list. You might get that for next week. Fantastic. Weird Al Appreciation Month here <laughs> on the Geekdown. Oh my God, Spatula City? Come on now. That'll be... <laughs> That'll be my black books. That'll be the thing where it's just so dumb yeah. and so stupid. You're like, how is this funny? And you'll mention it. And I'll be like, Spatula City, that's so fucking stupid. And I'll be like, this is a store for spatulas. He made a coat out of his, out of his receipts. You got, it was... from, you got the drink from the fire hose. Like... Uh... Uh... News. Yeah, that's, that's us, I that's think. That's it. Listen, we friends, full disclosure. We've been getting a little comfortable with y'all. Yeah. To the point that maybe, maybe we're getting a little too loose here on the Geek Down. We're just a little too sprawling. Maybe we need to tighten it up. So to that end, we're keeping it tight. Keep it tight. Tight and somewhat on point. Somewhat on point. So this is the point where we're going to take a break. We're going. Yeah. And and when we come back. It's going to be the part where we talk about the things about each other. Yes, it is. I'm excited about this one. Are you? Yeah. I'm more excited than I am. Because we're getting weird. <laughs> getting weird this week. I love when we get weird. <laughs> we'll be back in one moment, friends. Thank you for joining us on the Geek Down Podcast.
Hello again, friends. Welcome back to the show. This is the portion of the show where Caitlin and I will talk about things we each brought each other, things from our respective fandoms and areas of interest that we may not have encountered otherwise. Definitely, Caitlin wouldn't have encountered this otherwise. I, I was very confused. I probably would have encountered encountered this one otherwise. I was probably purposely avoiding this one, but Caitlin will force me to watch it. <laughs> Yeah, well, propped open eyeballs, Clockwork Orange style. Before we get into the things we each brought each other, there are rules. They, there are rules. In this case, there are three rules. There are the first of which is the rule of three, which is the rule that we will watch or read or listen to three of the things we brought each other. If it is in episodes or cycles or serial in any form, we have to consume three installments. So we get a, a good idea of what that thing is. Half applicable this week. Half applicable. The second rule is hashtag save it for the pod. Hashtag save it for the pod. Do not talk about the thing until you are seated in front of these microphones. And sometimes that is very difficult. This week was a little bit difficult. Not an issue at all this week because Caitlin waits until 10 o'clock the night before recording to try to find the thing. I told then, you I had argue with me that it's not on Netflix. a very busy week. It wasn't on Netflix when I checked uh-huh. and then it reappeared. Okay? <laughs> okay. You can not believe me if you wish, but there's no reason why I would go to Netflix and be like, it's not there when it was there. And then anyways. <laughs> and I'm like, really? That's interesting. I watched two episodes of it. This morning. It wasn't there. It it only had the new season. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Third thing, spoilers. Yes. So it's not really a rule. It's more of a policy. And it's really for you guys. And it's there will be spoilers. We're probably going to get into it. One thing we're talking about this week, there's nothing to spoil. Really? The second thing, you've probably all already seen it or seen something that came later than it. So there's Doesn't nothing really matter. Really there to spoil. Yeah. So just hang. You can just hang. No, we always tell you to go, but I mean, just just hang. Just hang and see what it's like. <laughs> Maybe you won't mind it so much. There are some of you out there who are so anti-spoiler. I know you've like never even heard the second half of the show. But you should you should definitely stay. Just hang. Yeah. Just hang out. Yeah. Well, let's get this going. We like to alternate. So this week we're going to start with the thing I brought Caitlin, and I know Caitlin is wondering what the fuck is this. I was I I was so surprised. So this was brought to me originally. By Joycey Vogues, long-time listener. Yeah, makes sense. Joycey Vogues. And she was like, you gotta you gotta check this out. You'd probably like it. And the reason I picked it for this week is because this is probably the same time of year when I discovered pasta. Okay. It is the post-holiday come down. Super sad. Getting a little bummed out. Yeah, no vitamin D. Nothing to look forward to. <laughs> Maybe Valentine's Day if you have somebody who loves you. I do not, so... <laughs> Sorry, I'm not laughing at the. Well, but I wouldn't laugh at someone's misfortune, but but just the way you put it, just casually. No one loves me. It's fine. So I will not be doing anything on Valentine's Day. Um. So the thing with pasta was that it was. Oh, this is just super comfy. Yeah, I can see that. It does not get any comfier than Terrace House, a Netflix Fuji TV co-production, which is currently sitting there. On your Netflixes. Or not, depending on or what the case you, may be. If you know how to work your Netflix. If you're Caitlin, it's not, it might not be there for a few hours. Terrace House is basically the Japanese real world. Yeah. The real world was uh, one of, if not the first quote-unquote reality shows. It was on MTV. I believe it started in the early to mid-90s. Mm-hmm. 
where basically, as the opening of the show, he said, this is the story of what happens when you take eight people or ten people or however many fucking people they had, <laughs> throw them in a house together and make them learn to live with each other. Mm-hmm. And basically, that's what it was. It was it was big brother, but not competitive. You put all these people in a house and just sort of watched them sort of conflict and bash against each other in these different viewpoints of people from around America. Terrace House was the, was the Japanese version of that. It originally aired... On Fuji TV, starting in October 2012, and went till September 2014 for what they call eight seasons. I think it ran twice a year, right? Sort of thing, and then they had like a movie to wrap it up, which means it must have been a fairly big deal Mm -hmm. in Japan. Enough so that Netflix was like, as they continue to reach their fingers out globally and make content for all the markets, Mm -hmm. because they need something, something for everybody, they decided to pony up some money. To bring back Terrace House. So while Terrace House was originally called uh, Boys and Girls Next Door, this is Boys and Girls in the City. Yes. I think they were in a different area of Japan initially on the show. This is now in the heart of Tokyo. The difference between Terrace House and something like the real world, to my experience, is that the real world deliberately tried to incite conflict. Right. The, the notable moment in like even season one of the real world was you had like julie the farm girl from iowa or something Mm -hmm. had a very loud verbal altercation with kevin the black aspiring writer who's actually kevin powell who went on to become like a actually really important journalist in the hip-hop and and uh race commentary uh world he's actually he's a really good writer you should check out his stuff um but he was on the real world and it was i don't remember the exact circumstances but it was like you know Julie, the farm girl, like had dropped like a you people type of thing. Oh, great. <laughs> and because she was never around black people and they got into it and it was like, oh, my God, this arguing, this tension, like that's that's what the real world was going to be about. And they really just amped that up as they went along. Terrace House does none of that. Yeah. Because it... maybe it's the Japan thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the 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 politeness and there are weird things about this show too oh yeah um so it should be said there, there's no conflict they're not making them do anything that was another thing of the real world is they would always make these this cast get a job or make something or do something yeah it's like oh they all work at like a fucking yogurt stand or they all have to do this or do that terrace house they do nothing well they, they live their lives yeah and they have jobs they have their own lives they're students because <laughs> japan low-key even if you're like a model i.e. Minori, you're low-key like a fourth-year PhD student at like some prestigious university yeah. because of Japan. Um, but there's like there's there's no tension, there's no fighting, there's nothing driving a narrative. You're just literally voyeuring on these people. Yeah. Living their lives. And aiding and abetting in that voyeuring. Oh my god. No, no, no. I can't, I almost want to save this because it's, it's like the best part. Uh, okay, you want to save it? We'll get to it later. Kate will talk about this in a moment. Um, but that's basically it. So our cast is, uh, I'm trying to go by memory here, six of them, three boys, three girls. Mm-hmm. Makoto, who is like a early 20s, is a 22, 23 baseball player. Uh, he's 22, I believe. Sure. <laughs> Aspiring baseball player. Um, Yuki, who's the oldest. He's like 28. Yeah. Uh, he's a tap dance teacher somewhat accomplished tap dancer mm-hmm. teaches tap dancing and to, to kids and community groups and things like that and performs as well uh the third one is the hairdresser yes U- uchi yeah uh, maybe i can't remember his name they i think they refer we'll we'll go with that i think other people have called him 
other people we'll talk about in a minute have called him Uchi. And on the girl side of things, there's Mitsuki, who is like an office lady. She's like office and barista. And barista. She works at she works at a cafe as well. Uh, Eureka, my bae, my waifu. <laughs> Which is, just makes me so basic. If you're going to pick a best girl from this show, yeah, Eureka is the more most basic girl to pick because she's the most like. You watch anime, and this is what you think Japanese girls are like. Right, I can admit that she is the sweetheart. She is the like non-confrontational. She literally wears a bow. <laughs> she wears bows in her hair. Wears pretty dresses, even when she like goes to bed. She's uh, a medical student, and she wears. You yeah, just and, can... and she's like you know in med school yeah she's a fourth year med student and rounding this out is minori 21 she is a model and also yeah like and does research with fish yeah (laughs) and loki is like you know getting a phd in biology yeah it comes up once but like that's not the point of the show anyway you just watch these people (laughs) the ongoing narrative everyone seems to be really concerned with like hooking up Wow. Like straight out the gate. The Japanese version of hooking up, which means like, you know, asking somebody out to dinner. Like yeah. That's... And like going on dates. <laughs> nobody's held hands. Nobody's kissed or anything yet. But that's the thing. It's just so comfy. So I was going to say earlier when you were like, nothing really happens. And I was going to be like, this is a theme with Japanese stuff. We're just like, nothing will happen in this show. Like pasta, things happen, but really not a lot. It's kind of like, are, have you ever heard of this thing called slow TV? Uh, no, but I can imagine what it is. I'm going off... Me- no, you, you really can't. I'm going off memory here. I believe it's a Scandinavian, like, innovation, where it's not... It's like the Fireplace Channel or the Aquarium Channel, but not quite. It's, like, actually on TV, some Swedish network or something will air for, like, three hours, like, a camera mounted on the front of a train going through, like... The Scandinavian woodland. <gasps> Where can I get this? Why has Netflix not picked this up yet? So Kate's big on slow TV. I will find her a link later. <laughs> but like that, that, this is kind of the vibe I just that I got watching this show. Is like, oh, this is just something to watch to like relax. Even though they're like young and in the prime of their lives, they ain't wilding out. They drink a little bit. Well, like they're, but like no, yeah, and that's that's actually nice because I one of the reasons I don't watch or I've never watched reality, reality TV. TV, is they're all getting, like, pissed and, like, flashing each other, and I just have no time. Um, but what was really weird is they're like, oh, you want to get married? You're 21. You better start dating now. And I'm like, <laughs> what are they talking about? Um, that was very weird, because there were a lot of talk that they had a mentality that was exposed that was very sexist to to my point of view right because i'm like yeah. they're 21 they're, they're in their early 20s and, and yeah they're, like, they're very distinct like i guess me and that's maybe something that's interesting watching it from a western perspective is like how these gender norms still like play out oh. these are young kids these are the future of japan yeah and they're still very like and it's like you're you need to impress us with your cooking and like all the women are going to do the cooking and i'm just like what is going on and it's just like a, yeah it's like assumed that like everybody shows up and it's like well i guess we're all going to pair up yeah what or you could not <laughs> like... um and yeah so that was really really weird and then the to- the especially the well not especially but just also the men immediately talking about like rating the girls bodies Mm. and like let's see what they look like in their bathing suits like this is 
weird and i'm sure it happens in all kinds of reality tv but it's still weird for me to, or, or in reality but. or in reality i don't like to think that way but that was like the first thing and then there were certain um i almost call them characters they're, they're just people um there's certain people who are like immediately like the hairdresser right mm. he's immediately like so what's your type and that's why he's there he's like there to get a girlfriend it was very weird oh yeah and you only got the first you know i'm assuming you only got the first three yeah yeah he like so there there are certain pairings that seem to form Mm -hmm. and he's like he basically in one episode decides he's going to ask each all the girls out right like in the course he's on summer break i don't know what he's in school for um i'm assuming he's in school but he asks all of them out and it's like mitsuki she has to make the plans yurika he makes the plans and minori they'll make the plans together like he's really like deliberately like different approach for each of them and yeah. he's going to take all of them out. But even though on in like an American show, like Makoto and, and him would end up like in a fist fight going out to the pool. Yeah. That never happens. No. Like at one point, tap dancer, I'm, I'm going to do what they do on the show. Tap. tap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tap and hairdresser are talking and that's, that's so racist. Yuki and Uchi are talking because uh, Yurika really likes the aquarium. Right. And Yuki wanted to take Yurika to the aquarium. Uchi decides to do the same thing. They're going to take her to like different aquariums. And they have a conversation about this. Like this is what happens every time there's a conflict. They have a conversation and then they're fine. Yeah. Yeah. And what? and so so uh, Jordan mentioned a they and I, I was saving this because this is the best part of the show. And this is what Joycey Vogue said to me too. I don't know that I agree. Oh, but no, she was I... like, that's the, that's why you watch the show. Yeah. So as you're watching the show, and I didn't realize this until, because this is obviously what they've done for previous seasons. It could be a little confusing in that. Fact, yeah. yeah. But, but you, you get, you realize there isn't a group of people watching as well and analyzing the show. So at the beginning, they have sort of this group. And I thought at the very beginning that it was like people coming back back from the older episodes and i think the one guy is the older guy without the glasses i think he was a previous cast yeah and and he's an actor as well um and but then you realize so like halfway through they stop and it's them and they're like "Ooh, so we've met everyone now and then they talk about it and they're actually very the only times i i you know laughed and really got into it was when they're like making jokes about stuff and you said it's racist but they call them hairdresser they, they and barista do. it's amazing that they don't know anybody's name yeah they and call like him, they call him tap and, and like at one point he's like i've always been told to be to be careful with girls with the u like symbol in their or the u letter in their name mm. and like what like <laughs> but Anyways, so so that part is the for me the bet was the best part. There's was, like that twelve year old. Yeah, something. there's like a kid who's like a super fan of the yeah. show when he's on it. Did you get to any of the episodes where he's not there? No. And the comment is like, <laughs> the lead girl, the one with like the clipboard. She's yeah. really cute too. I did. She, she is. Yeah. Um, she's she's like whatever his name is. Couldn't be here today due to him being young. <laughs> <laughs> due to issues of him being young. And the dude with the glasses is another sidebar I just have to make. Yeah. The dude with the glasses used to do a lot on Perfume's old, like, lady, young girl lifestyle show. Right. He used to be on there a bit. Clearly playing, like, his <laughs> quotes. We know how I feel about Japanese comedy. His comedian role. Yeah. Um, so it was, he showed up and I was like, what? That dude's on here? <laughs> and out of character was, 
out of playing the character he played like on that show where he was like you know a lame duck want to be ladies man type of thing here right. he's just himself yeah um exaggerated version but still that was that was amusing to to watch and and uh what, what's cute kue is that there's how they say cute in japanese kawaii kawaii there's a lot of kawaii going around like kawaii this and kawaii that and i was like hey i kind of know a japanese word now <laughs> kind oh, of it's ha- oh it's happening you know more than that you've heard your share of gomenesais and sumima sense you can shut your face how about that um but yeah so it was very interesting i did like seeing weirdly um just like tokyo like when they're yeah. around in place at places um that was really interesting and they're all so polite like when they're choosing beds and they're like oh is it sorry i'm too tall for this is it okay if i take that one and they're like yeah sure and he's like are you positive or you can take this one like i was like oh, everyone's so nice um japan makes canadians look like nascar fans like, <laughs> yeah i know uh that was interesting um the only time in the three episodes where there may have been a conflict was when the three girls all talked about how they liked the baseball player. Mm. And then the barista uh, kind of was upset that they went on a run, him and the model. Mm. And she was like, oh, we went on a run. Was it nice? Did you have a good time on your running date? That was about it. And it wasn't even that exact. That was exaggerated. Um, Did you get to the bit where, and they're always saying what each other says about each other? Yeah. Did you pick up on any of that? Oh my God. When the guy was like, he said he, uh, he your, your butt okay. was, yeah. <laughs> Did you get to that? that was actually fantastic. So there's a moment. The, so the swimsuit thing. So they're talking about the girls' bodies. This is the tap dancer. And I am going to do this. I'm sorry, but because they've just ingrained it in me now. <laughs> tap and baseball player. Yes. Um, they're talking about like girls. Yuki, Yuki and Makoto. Yuki and Makoto. Um, they're talking about bodies and what they like. And uh, Makoto is talking about how. Because they had this thing when they went in the pool. That when yeah. o- only Eureka and Minori were there. Yes. We had to w- we had to wait a little bit to see uh, Mitsuki in, in her. her swimsuit. Yeah. And the panel made a real big deal about it. They oh, were like, they did. Finally, we get to see, yeah, we get to see Barista's body. And it's I like, know. ew. Super um, gross. But they make this deal that when the girls come out, they'll just like claim the one they like by like yelling the color of their swimsuit. So yeah. they come out and um, Yuki or Yurika was like floral print and Minori was blue. And both the dudes are like, blue! Yeah. Uh, which I thought was weird. But anyway, that's a whole other issue. Um, <laughs> but they're talking about girls and bodies. This is um, baseball player and Yuki and Makoto? Makoto baseball player. Yes. Yuki tap dancer. Yeah. And Minori is there at the model. Yeah. Yuki and Makoto are talking about what? girls' bodies. Yes, while Minori's there. No, no. This is when they're putting the dishes in the dishwasher, okay. and then Makoto is like, "I don't really like boobs. I like butts." <laughs> so then later, this is like uh, two ep- or an episode later. All of a sudden, Yuki's like, "Yeah, he, he liked your butt," and then her reaction <laughs> was the best thing I've ever seen. So there's this pause, and I didn't know how she's going to deal with it. And then she just like puts her fist up and is like. Yay! It was it was way more deadpan than that. It was just like, yay. Like, what does that mean? But then, first of all, why did you bring this up to her in the first place? Well, because they but they do it with everything. Like they, they do. It's everything's out in the there, open. There are no secrets on no. this show. This person said this, and then they'll be like, "Yep, I, I said that." <laughs> You're like, "What is going on?" Oh, and then the panel dissected her reaction and like the guy the older guy without the glasses is like well i think it was because she was really happy about this but she didn't want to let them know that she was very happy about this so then she just went 
yay and they're like oh good analysis it just was it was so weird the most in-depth analysis they got into that i saw in a later episode was um tap and med student go out Ooh. um for dinner i don't like tap by the way did he make the girls cry yet no he made a couple of them cry <gasps> in the later episode yuki is an asshole do you want to know why he made them cry why he didn't think uh he was asking it was his birthday yeah and he was asking barista about like her dream mm-hmm. like what she wanted to do with her life and then she started saying, she thinks maybe, bearing in mind, she's like 22. Yeah. 22, 23. Out of school for whatever reason. When mm. We haven't really got, I don't know why she's not in school. The other ones are her age and are in school. I don't know why she's working mm. when the other or others are in school. But she's basically saying, you know, she likes working at the cafe. She wouldn't mind having her own cafe one day, you know, blah, blah, blah. Tap kind of starts like digging into her for not being like clear and having like a clear vision of her dream. And then. She's like, I thought I was, and you're not understanding me. And she starts crying. <gasps> and then because med student, like, agreed with her, she started crying. <laughs> like, made both these girls cry oh, in God. one shot. But, like, that's why. It wasn't even, like, he yelled at them or anything. He was just like, he's like, I want to help you visualize your dream better. And she's he's, like, I thought I was telling you. <laughs> he's all about having a dream and having goals and, yeah. like, getting to your goals. Like, even the, like, second episode, he's... T- harping on them to have like what well, what are you going to do if you're not a baseball player you really need to think about that like yeah. i'm like jesus you're 28 let it go um but yeah while they were out at dinner um because later yeah he made them cry and then he got, he kind of decides i don't even know if he likes her the most but he's just like well baseball and model are hooking up and i don't know hairstylist and and barista seem to be pairing up so i guess that leaves me with med students oh my god <laughs> but i mean when he makes them cry he then like what happens? He has a chat with med student later on and they like square it up like by the end of the episode. Like there's never any like <laughs> overarching conflict. Episodes are like half hour long, which is also, thank God. Um, there's only so long you can watch people do nothing. <laughs> but he, he takes them out to dinner. And at one point she says something about like, you know, it's the classic, like, I feel like I can tell you anything type of moment. The panel goes in on that <gasps> statement and glasses is like, that's some friend zone bullshit. <gasps> he's not. He's there's nothing that that's terrible. And the other ones start ragging on him. Yeah. For being like, you're just too jaded. <laughs> You've been hurt too much. That's why I think she likes him. Everyone else, everyone else thinks she likes him. And glasses, yeah. Megane, which is glasses in Japanese. So I'll just call him that. He's the one's like, nope, nope. She's not into him. She's totally like. Yeah. And he had the best reaction because when hairstylist asked all three of the girls out. Yeah. And though, first of all, all the girls are fine with this. Yeah. They're kind of like, well, that's weird. But good on you. Cuts to the panel, and the first thing Glasses says is like, that fucker. <laughs> <laughs> he hates the hairstyle. He guy. does. Well, he keeps on ragging on his voice, saying his voice is too high. And then one point, he's impersonating some other well-known mm. uh, comedian or something who has a high voice. <laughs> and he's like merging them, and he always brings it up every chance he gets his, so but his voice pa- is too high like the panel will like blatantly make fun of the cast it's yeah. kind of bizarre they're certainly not like what you would expect at a big brother no anyway like you said there's only so long you can watch people do nothing and that's kind of the point like i said it's i came to it post holiday post whatever mm-hmm. not expecting anything out of it which is good because it doesn't really bring you anything it just kind of gives you like a calm moment of zen the characters are appealing enough from synopses i've read of the show it looks like there's a pretty high cast rotation like i think i don't think med student and baseball player are around for much longer where i'm at like i think they rotate out for whatever reason um 
I think by the end of it, I, I may duck out because I know there's going to be like a pairing that happens that become like the like narrative of the show. And it's like becomes really about them. I don't know if I care about that. <laughs> um, but for now, I'm interested. But weird ass show. It's the time of the year where sometimes you need something comp. So I was like, eh, I'll toss it to Caitlin. <laughs> I'll see what she thinks of it. It was interesting. Um, it's a it's a seven. Wow, that is much higher than I was expecting. Well, I mean, I had fun watching it. I'm not going to finish it. <laughs> I'm not going to keep on watching it. Or I'm going to watch it with people who like watching things like The Bachelor. Mm. And be like, you should totally watch this show um, and see how they feel about it. Um, yeah, because if you're intrigued happen. by... If you are a discerning consumer of reality TV, if you mm-hmm. enjoy reality TV, but you're like, it's most of it is way too trashy. Yeah. Give it a shot. Like, it's like nothing happens. No. Nothing happens. But no. it, that gives it a real, like, kind of zen cone. It's shot gorgeously. It looks really. Yeah. When they're, when they're running, they've got, like, this camera that's following <laughs> them. And yeah, that was And really you get, good. you know, you get your shots of, like, you know, the Tokyo Tower in the background. And it's like all, all the shit you see in anime is like, yeah. in, like, real life, which is, which can be fun. Anyway, that's on Netflix. It's, like, 60-something episodes, half hour a pop. Yeah. Um, and the panel is a lot of fun. <laughs> Kate and Joycey Vogue's like the panel more than me. Um, I already know I'm out once, once Eureka leaves. I already followed her on Instagram. <laughs> wow. She's beautiful. Anyway, that's Terrace House. Moving on. Moving on. Speaking of comf and like <laughs> things you put on just to, you know, they're not going to be amazing, but <laughs> but they're just like, ah, oh, this this looks fun, uh, and that's really the the word for this. I've given Jordan Ant Man. Kate which... finally starting to tick off and and erode at my stubborn refusal to watch any Marvel movie past Iron Man. I love crushing his resolve. <laughs> actually he was like not even not even guardians of the galaxy i was like fine watch whatever you want i don't care you watch guardians it's gonna come up eventually (laughs) doesn't matter so i stuck with ant-man yeah uh it was directed by peyton reed um who the really the only thing on the list that i wanted to bring up of things he's directed was bring it on because in the (laughs) 90s that was a fun movie uh he's done lots of other stuff as well the screenplay though for ant-man was written um partially by edgar wright who is fantastic and has he come up before have we talked about edgar, edgar right well space we talked about space space but have we talked well yes so it's our general love of him i don't know because i was yeah. lukewarm on space so maybe people didn't think i had love for edgar Wright, but i do but he's also done things like hot fuzz which is amazing um he did um the other one uh the other one the zombie one. Oh, don't make you struggle <laughs> Look Sean, at that Sean of the Dead. Sean of the Dead. Um, and Scott Pilgrim. And people, go yeah. back and rewatch Scott Pilgrim. It Because it it's, he, Edgar Wright does something that a lot of directors don't do these days, especially with um, comedy films, which is he does visual comedy. Yes. Um, which is kind of becoming a lost art, which is unfortunate. Um, but he does it for everything. And he particular, particularly does it in Scott Pilgrim. So take a look. Look out for his transition scenes. They're fantastic. And other visual Just comedy. Just the way audio is used in that movie. Like Scott Pilgrim, I don't feel, and this has maybe not become the Toronto hipster I always hated, <laughs> but like it did not get. A fair enough shake. I don't think enough people outside of Toronto. I think there's a lot of love for the movie still in Toronto yeah. and in Canada. But I mean, outside of that, maybe maybe if you hate Michael Sarah, whatever. But 
get over it. Rewatch Scott Pilgrim. It was great. It was good. Um, also, uh, people who worked on the screenplay were uh, Joe Cornish, who did Tintin and Attack the Block. Um, Adam McKay, who's done a whole bunch of stuff. Um, also, Paul Rudd, who worked on the screenplay, which I thought was interesting. Um, it kind of, I always think, is nice when the people in the movie have a say in sort of like sort of creatively working on the movie as well. I think I think that's kind of awesome. And it's basically about Ant-Man, the superhero, but they've changed the story kind of. Um, so the movie actually came out June 2015. Um, and it, of course it is part of the MCU, which is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And to fit it in a little bit better, they've changed the story a little bit. The original origin story was about Hank Pym, who was a doctor of science and making things small and big. I don't even know if they have a word for that kind of science. Doctor of science. <laughs> doctor of science. Um, and he was an inventor. And in in previous, which as anyone who loves and knows superheroes, um, there are is always someone else who, or lately, who takes up the mantle of, in this case, Ant-Man. Yes. Um, but we've had multiple Robins. There's been uh, multiple Iron Man. Well, two Iron Mans now, I think. Maybe three. More flashes than you can shake a stick at. Can you take a, take, shake a stick at? So this story is actually about the second person who takes up the mantle. Scott Lang. Scott Lang, um, which people do know from comic books. He is yes. a thief by trade. Um, but it does also bring in sort of the, the previous Hank Pym in the form of Michael Douglas, um, who plays Hank Pym. Weird get, but shouts to Michael Douglas. Yeah. I think that's kind of cool. <laughs> there are scenes that flashback to a young Hank Pym slash Ant-Man um, doing all kinds of adventure superhero stuff and his wife wasp yes who has the same kind of suit he does and sort of the loss of wasp which ties into his now daughter yes who is played by evangeline lily who is a weirdo that's a side note she's just a really weird really? lady yes yeah, super weird i don't know anything about her yeah well now you know she's weird um and which makes her my kind of lady <laughs> Good. I'll keep that in mind. Jordan likes weirdos. Surprise! <laughs> um, and ties into the fact that he does not want her fighting, which ties into the rest of the story. It also ties into how Scott Lang goes to steal something from an old doctor of science and ends up being Ant-Man. Yep. And then there's like other things and there's a heist and there's like fighting bad guys, but not big bad guys, just little bad guys because it's like a side uh, Marvel story. And Kinda. yeah, it's basically just a lot of fun. Also, Michael Pena is in it. Mm -hmm. uh, you'd know him to see him. He's very funny in it. I just thought I'd shout that out. How was that? Was that good? That kind of explained everything? Sure. Yeah. Old Ant-Man, new Ant-Man. <laughs> Wasp. No wasp. There we go. Heist. Heist. Bad guy, but bad small guys. bad guy, not real bad guy. Like, not end the world bad guy, yeah. just like corporate bad guy, which I think they should do more fighting of, but that's just, that's just an opinion I have. How about you? How about opinions from Jordan about Ant-Man? Did you enjoy it? Did you like it a little bit? So I'm sure there are people out there in the listening audience who are like, Jordan, you love superheroes. 
you love comic books you love these characters why are you always hating on marvel movies and i can acknowledge this is a giant case of be careful what you wish for i wanted to see movies with these characters i didn't only want to see movies with these characters i didn't want the next 20 years of my life to be marked by the ongoing release of marvel movies why not i don't want to hear about you know avengers 5 coming out in 2023 and hearing (laughs) and thinking oh god will i have lost a leg to diabetes by then like i just (laughs) It really like puts me in mind of my own mortality, and I don't like it. Um, no, I I have many opinions on what the effect of the Marvel movie model has done to just popular entertainment. Um, and I know you know, fuck me if I don't like it. I can go watch Manchester by the Sea and get all done up in my feels. Let, yeah, let the rest let the rest of y'all enjoy it. Um, and it's fine when they break the mold, but the mold does not get broken very often. This attempts at times, mm-hmm. to break the mold. Kate didn't get into it, but to anyone who doesn't know, two things to know about Ant- the the backstory of Ant-Man. Number one, this movie exists because Stanley wants it to. Yes. If you know anything about the history of Marvel Comics, if you read that book by Sean Howe, The History of Marvel Comics, you will know that when Hollywood first started making feeling around Marvel Comics and the, the IP, the intellectual property there for movies to make, they met with Stan Lee, and Stan Lee was basically from the jump you got to make an Ant-Man movie. He was very passionate Stanley about it. Stanley was all about getting an Ant-Man movie made. Yeah. So on the one hand, this is really, I feel like, a solid to Stan. I yeah. feel like they can make it work. And Stan always wanted it. And they had more money than God at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, this is post-second Avengers. Yes, because they mentioned cities falling out of the sky. Yes. So, this is post-Avengers 2. Um, they had more money than God. Fuck it. Make an Ant-Man movie. What's the worst thing that can happen? Um, and the other side, Caitlin mentioned Edgar Wright being one of the screenwriters. Edgar Wright was supposed to direct this movie as well. This was supposed to be an Edgar Wright join. Right. Which made me and nerds like me go, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. This is going to be weird, Marvel. I'm cool with that. And then you started hearing the stories about he was stepping down as a director and his script was getting rewritten, and Adam McKay, who did Anchorman and yes. things like that, came in to punch it up, and there, there were a bunch of script writers, and the more script writers that get added to a script, the worse of a sign it is. And what did we get instead of what could have been an amazing, weird Edgar Wright take on Ant-Man? You got a kind of weird, okay version of Ant-Man. I'm now going to illustrate to Caitlin how I spent the last third of the movie. Oh, God. He's looking at his phone mostly, and every so often he'll look up, um, and then he'll oh he'll text someone, um, and uh, oh and now he's going through Facebook I think because he's scrolling. Yeah, because it was just explosions and yelling and the, cool. That's that's all I needed. Uh, it didn't really require much attention. That said, there are things about the movie I liked. Mm-hmm. Um, it was nice to be out of New York for once. Yes, we know I am a. As stated on the show previously, I am a soul of the East Coast. We know this. I don't, mm-hmm. really, I don't really fucks with Cali and, and the West Coast. I do not believe it is the best coast. Um, <laughs> but considering every Marvel movie has been set, A, in New York, or looks like the fight scenes are all filmed outside an Atlanta office park, <laughs> I can appreciate a change of venue. Yeah. A slightly, you know, you, may, you mentioned Michael Pena. Even having not seen this movie, the one thing everybody mentioned was that Michael Pena was amazing in this movie, specifically the scene where he's talking about scores and jobs. <laughs> and 
he would be like, my cousin Ignacio told me about whatever. And then it pans to like, he's narrating the entire scene. And then the character playing Ignacio will start talking, but it's Michael Pena's voice overdubbed. Yeah. Which gets funnier even later on when Sam Wilson, the Falcon comes into it. <laughs> and Michael Pena is doing the voiceover for Sam Wilson, the Falcon. Those were fun moments. I greatly enjoyed that. Um, and I feel like that is something Edgar Wright wrote. I more than likely, maybe Adam McKay, but that really feels like an Edgar Wright yeah. move. Um, I did. We didn't even talk about the villain because who cares? Um, <laughs> I yeah. There's only one story you can ever tell. <laughs> you can ever tell with a character like this. You know what it is, Kate? My dick. Yeah, it Michael is. Michael Douglas basically says at one point, yeah. he actually says the phrase, my tech. And I'm like, oh, God, it's fucking <laughs> Iron Man on Avengers Earth's Mightiest again. Uh, There's only one story you can tell. So, yeah, uh, Senator Russo from House of Cards. I forget his name. Um, He also plays... Corey Stoll. That's, uh, that's it, yeah. Corey Stoll. Uh, yeah, he was the he was the senator on the first season of House of Cards. He's been in a couple other things. He went from zero to evil pretty much immediately. Like, yeah. It was not even a facade of, like, a downward spiral. He was no. like, you were my mentor. I looked up to you, and then you abandoned me because you wouldn't let me have the PIM particles, which is the my tech of this. It's on a power suit. It's the smalling and (laughs) biggening. The the biggening and the smalling. The biggening and the smalling. I enjoyed that. I like to see Judy Greer getting caked up from some Marvel money. Yeah. If you don't, you know Judy Greer. You don't know her name, but if you see her, you'll know who she is. She was the secretary in Arrested Development with the big boobs. And great. That was her whole character. Did you not watch Arrested Development? No. It makes what? It makes you too awkward. Shut your goddamn face. <laughs> um, no, that was her character. She got boob jobs and she, she got a boob job and she kept whipping her boobs out to show people. Huh. Uh, and is also the voice of Cheryl on Archer. Um, <gasps> Cheryl. So there you go. That's how you know Judy Greer. Uh, she plays Scott Lang's ex-wife and get that get that cake. Bobby Cannavale as well. Yeah. Playing, playing the stepdad. What the fuck are you doing in this movie? Get Stay caked up, Bobby Cannavale. Get that Marvel money. <laughs> Um, one, the one self-aware moment, which I did like, and I also, again, think is a probably an Edgar Wright moment because he's the most of the people involved in this script. He is probably the most comics literate, meaning understanding of the language, yep. the visual language and the tropes of comic movies. Uh, a city did get destroyed. It was just a really small model of a city. Yes. <laughs> so in, in the, in the third, last third of the movie where I was scrolling my phone and reading Facebook, they try to steal the suit that Senator Evil has <laughs> Senator Evil, yes. Has has developed the yellow jacket suit, uh, which he wants to sell to Hydra type of thing. Because <clears throat> that's the heist. He has perfected the formula. Hank Pym has kept it secret for decades. They have finally cracked it. They now can do what he did. Hank Pym wants to stop this because he doesn't want it it's too dangerous. He doesn't want it sold to terrorists or the military or things like that. So he recruits Scott Lang to steal this suit and they play in a heist. Too. So it's it's trying to be a heist movie, yeah, which I appreciate in the same way that like from what I know because I haven't seen it, Guardians was just kind of like, hey, you know what was cool? Star Wars. And you know what the best part of Star Wars was? Han Solo. So let's make a Star Wars where everybody's Han Solo. That's one way to put it, yeah. I guess. Um, this was like trying to be a heist movie, and better example maybe I have heard again, haven't seen it, that the Winter Soldier is basically trying to be like your 1970s feel like. The tense espionage suspense type guess, yeah. government bureaucracy conspiracy type of movie real light kid glove touch on it because mm-hmm. it's a marvel movie and eventually a city has to get destroyed but yeah yeah so they it's trying to be a heist movie and that's the heist they are planning so i greatly enjoyed that when it came time for you know 
Ant-Man to flee the scene as Yellow Jacket is chasing him, you know, styrofoam cars are what are getting, like, <laughs> exploded all around him. And those are the buildings that are falling. Mm-hmm. I don't have to watch New York get destroyed, like, you know, for the 17th time. No. On a movie. Very loudly. Um, T.I. was in this movie. There's a lot of surprising people getting Marvel cake from this movie, which I appreciate. Yeah. Uh, I like to see all, all people I enjoy getting money. So, I mean, it was fine. Okay. That's better than horrible. I hated it. Why did you do this to me? Uh, no, I mean, I, I, I can see the threads of what was probably there initially. And I can feel the press of the actual, like, Marvel machine getting, like, Arr. Full disclosure, this is what I'm terrified about when it comes to Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel. You should be. Um, Thanks. Thanks for the vote of support. You should be. Um, no, I think Captain Marvel, you're just going to get a real basic paint by numbers. Like, Captain Marvel's not going to reinvent the wheel. <sighs> um, but it will exist, which is better than it not existing. It's true. Ant-Man didn't need to exist, so it needed to do something marginally interesting. And it did do something marginally interesting. It had fun moments, but I mean, it's like a... If I'm being generous, it's a 7. It feels more like a 6.5. 6.5? Okay. Because... It does hit the beats. There's the training montage. There's this. There's that. Paul Rudd. Listen, uh, speaking of firing up McKinsey scale, like that's <laughs> Paul Rudd's my dude. Been my dude from way back. Like I, I, I enjoy him as a character. He looks weird doing super heroics, but I think it's kind of nice. It's it's the one character that fits him. I haven't seen him in. I haven't seen how he plays out in Civil War yet. But hell, maybe I'll watch that tonight. Ooh, but you're ahead. not even going to watch Winter Soldier. No. <laughs> Actually, I, I think we mentioned this. The Captain America movies make way better Avengers movies. Like, just... Basically, yeah. Civil War you know. basically is an Avengers movie. Um, yeah, it's like a 6.5. All right. It was cool. I mean, if you're going to keep throwing these at me, you know, maybe stagger them. Oh, I'm going to stagger them. <laughs> Don't worry. Maybe like a break before you make me watch Winter Soldier or something. But. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to... I'm gonna. There's going to be breaks. Don't worry. So that is that. These are both on Terrace House and Ant-Man. And most of the Marvel mo- movies now are all on Netflix. So If you're not Caitlin. We're really shills for Netflix at this point, but it's just, it's just easiest. Hey, we, we both pay for it. It's easiest. So it's why le- not? It's legal. Like, it's sitting right there. And you know what? So much... I, I feel like a lo- they've been trying to, like you said, get global and get more... Th- differentiating their por- portfolio mm. and really trying to give us new and interesting things. So I appreciate it. I'll take it. Updates. Do you have any, Caitlin? Uh, I read Rat Queens. Oh, okay. Um, I know that there are issues with the initial artist who worked on Rat Queens. I may I go... I hearing something about that. Yes, yes I'm, I may go into this later. There's a whole discussion there about supporting people that there are issues around i i'm it's a very big issue so not right now but (laughs) rat queens was great because it is a different take on dungeons and dragons and there are tons of tropes in there that they play on um and it was a lot of fun we'll see we'll see as i read more of it we'll see if this continues to be fun cool that's what you get that's That's what... what i got the winter anime season has started. What does that mean? Well, it means every all the shows from fall yeah. wrapped up. Yeah. So now a new batch of shows are starting and debuting. They do this every quarter? Yes. Oh, my God. And listen, they can't all be diamonds. 
in winter 2017, <laughs> not looking real good. Not looking good. It's probably going to be a catch-up season for Jordan. Um, and I'm not alone. You know, listen, you can read all of, uh, you know, Anime Feminist's take on the current season. She's been grinding it out. And Amelia and I had a, had a brief chat on Twitter where I was like, there's really nothing this season, is there? And she's like, nope. Great. The one thing I did watch, which seemed uh, interesting, and I heard kind of good things about it. I'm hearing interviews with Monster Girls is all right, which I have not checked out yet. The one I did check out was uh, Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. I was watching it last night at work, and as I said to my friend Pops, as I was watching it, it's basically about a woman who's like an office worker. She's in her like mid-20s. Lives alone. She has some sort of run-in. This is a world where there are dragons. She apparently got drunk and wandered into the woods and found a dragon that was hurt. Apparently huh. saved it. And drunkenly invited the dragon to live with her. The dragon took her up on this offer. Well. Miss Kobayashi is apparently an otaku for maids and maid culture. So that's why the dragon just decides to like become a maid. Okay. Uh, still does weird jiggly stuff. Still does... Great. Yeah, it's, it's just like... It's like, I'm a maid now. I'm a human. Boing. It's like, ugh, really? Blah. The scene in a bar where Miss Kobayashi, like, rips her clothes off for reasons I don't even know. Like, it's like, come on, anime. Come on. Um, Maybe next season. But I'm I'm watching it, and it's like, like, somebody just had the idea that, like, oh, it's about a woman who finds a dragon in the woods, and the dragon becomes her maid. Like, sometimes anime just, like, thinks of words. Oh, maybe they have d- those dice. Where they're like, name of mystical thing. You just roll and <laughs> just roll the dice. Yeah. That's what you do with sometimes D and D characters. You'll be like race and class, right? So you have like elf barbarian, uh-huh. which is not a thing, but I really feel that like even as I was watching it, I'm like, You are crossing a line right here. Right. This is like some extra level anime. <laughs> this is not a place I feel comfortable going. I need to check the fuck out of this season. There is one about, there's a second season of a show starting, which is about the art of um, storytelling. Okay. There's like a Japanese folk art that's like basically involves a dude on kneeling on a stage by himself, telling stories in multiple voices. Mm-hmm. And there's an anime that came out a couple seasons ago and their second season just started that I've heard. And it's set in like in the past as well, I think set in the Showa era. Um, maybe I could be totally butchering this, but anyway, that return seems to be the one that's actually worth a damn. Um, so I will, I will get on that perhaps. And that's all I got for updates. If I check any more of this season out, I will let y'all know, but it's looking slim pickings right now. So shouts to all y'all who hate anime talk. You may get a lot less of it for the next couple months. There you go. Maybe I'll take it up with like Marvel talk. (laughs) We could dry, we could dry it off. Fuck all y'all. I'm just going to start watching Inuyasha. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. No, because I do not have that much time in my life. Anyway. I, I'm psyched for, like I said, Handmaid's Tale, Legion, Frontier. Legion will be dope. And listen, who's got time to watch anime when Young Pope is coming And out? also Young Pope, apparently. God, look forward to Young Pope talk. Also, um, BBC, can you get on making more, like, Jane Austen, Bronte remakes? Because... I'm like, I gotta, I gotta get a new one. Do you know Love and Friendship? I've already watched it. Okay, how twice. was it? I heard good things uh, about it. it. It was good. They did kind of move away a little bit from, well, of course they did. Um, made, made, made a couple best of lists on, from critics, I respect. Um, so. But all the performances were fantastic, so I really enjoyed it. Well, all right. If you need your Austin fix. Love and Friendship. Go check out the adaptation of lesser known Austin work. Love and friendship. Well, it was never published in her time. So. Oh, was it? No. Look at you. Just gems. 
And it's a pistolary novel, so just keep that in mind. Jane Austen Gems yeah. from Katie Mack. Sometimes you're all like, man, she doesn't contribute much to the show. Fuck y'all. Gems. <gasps> Who said that? Nobody. Okay, good. Because I was going to be like, you know what? I have moral support. Even though I'm not talking, I'm giving moral support. And that is that can take a lot of out of a person. We know I would not do this show without you. There's no way. Keeping it tight. We're going to get the fuck out of here. I'm going to go. All the socials, at GeekdownPod, the Twitter, the Tumblr, and one day. Email geekdownpod at gmail.com or on our Facebook group, which is at www.facebook.com forward slash geekdownpod. And leave all your comments, your questions. You can also leave suggestions for things for us to watch. We always always welcome those. Sometimes you deliver beautiful things like Terrace House and Jordan watches them and goes, oh my God, so comfy. And then I give them to Caitlin and Caitlin goes, oh my God. Why? (laughs) What? And that's what, that's, listen, that's what makes the show beautiful. So that is going to do it for another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Pod. Thank you for joining us, friends. I hope you enjoyed it. My name is Jordan Ferguson. And my name is Caitlin McKinnon. And we'll be back next week, inching towards that year anniversary. <laughs> Exciting. With episode 51. And we hope you will join us then. See you then. everything uh yeah more or less did turning it on help turning the microphone on yeah yeah okay. as far as hearing you oh good yeah definitely why do i have two lines is that me or that you it's... that's me i can tell because when i do this it gets larger and bigger and stronger and faster